Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. Heavenly Father, you are so, so good. I thank you for Thursday mornings. I thank you for providing giggles. I thank you for providing friends. I thank you for providing scripture steady partners that we get together, not because of how great we are or how low we are, but because we are, we're yours. And we're yours together, unified through the blood of Jesus Christ, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, Lord God, we're showing up. We're showing up. And we pray right now that you will um, use us. Use us as we are where we are. I pray that your power alone will be seen, that your words alone will be heard, and that your love alone will be felt through and through to the depths of our toes, to the depths of the hurt in our hearts and the joys on our minds. I thank you so much for all that you are. We thank you for being the creator of heaven and the creator of earth. How vast, how mighty you are. Here we sit, unified at your throne. We lift up your scripture and we pray that Luke 11 will come to life today in our hearts. Grow us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke, don't you love prayer? Huh? Don't you love prayer? Yes. yes. There we go. Don't we love scripture? Yes. It's good. God has given us gifts. Some of our gifts that God has given to us, we can't, we can't feel, so we, we tend to downplay them, right? Because we want tangible. This can't get more tangible than this. You don't know what to pray? Open up a psalm. I guarantee you'll find a psalm that has your heart pouring out in it. You don't know what to pray? Look at the book of Job. You'll find your words. Some of us have those hardships that we can sit with Job and say, I don't even know what's happened to my life. But I know, Father God, I know you are God. Sit with the book of Job. Pray. Pray the words from this book before the Lord. Luke 11. Let's read scripture for our study today. And I pray that as we read this passage, that what we've learned and where we've grown individually through this study will um, come back to our hearts and our minds, because this is going to be a recap of a lot of what we've done so far. Luke chapter 11, verse 33. Luke 11, verse 33. Luke writes these words. He says, no one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket. Do these words sound familiar from our study? This is where we started, but we started in Matthew with this parallel passage. Luke says, no one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but they put it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. It's a good host. Verse 34, your eye is the lamp of your body, period. Verse 34, your eye is the lamp of your body. Does anybody else remember the light of your eye? thinking about that light of the eye, evaluating the eternal fruit from the light of your eye. It says that is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, think about what your eye is looking at. So this is a replay or a piggyback, if you will, of last week's lesson. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. 
Some of us need to stop right there and literally hear nothing else for the rest of today's study and be told from scripture, good job, good job. Do you ever feel like you go to church or you go to Bible studies or you have your dialogue or you're in prayer and you always feel guilty and you always feel shamed and you always feel like you're not doing enough? You need to perform more. You need to say differently. You need to talk differently. You need to walk differently. You need to and 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 our personal expectations of ourselves never stop. Will you, if that is your thing, will you stop right now and hold on to that? If the light of your eye is healthy, it's last week's lesson. If the light of your eye is healthy, good girl, good job. This is not a pride moment. This is not a peacock moment. This is you looking at God and saying, God, my eye is on you. Wow. You did that in me. Will you pause and just worship God in that? Thank God for that. Enjoy that. Good job. Doesn't Jesus himself say to his servants, well done. We cling to those words. We can't wait for those words to stand before the throne and hear the words, well done. Do you know we don't have to wait till we stand before the throne? Scripture tells us today, your eye is healthy. Good girl. Don't stop. Isn't that good? If you need to sit with that, sit with that and literally tune me out for the rest of this, this week. Go to small group, go to small group. Like, but I don't like small group. Go to small group. <laughs> Just go socialize. Don't say a word. If you're like me and you don't like talking in small groups, don't say a word. Pat can testify. She and I were in a small group years ago and I didn't say a word for weeks. This one, not a word. Shocking, isn't it? Uh, Jane's like, that's so strange. Don't believe me, ask Pat. She'll testify. If you are not a talker in small group, don't talk, don't, don't do your thing. But listen, let your heart be filled by those that do talk. Maybe there's a prayer request in there that God needs you to hold. Maybe small group isn't about you. Huh. <laughs> Back to scripture. When your eye is healthy, your whole body, your whole body, sweet friend, you are full of light. Embrace that. Find your confidence in that. Maybe Philippians 1, 6 needs to wrap around you with this sentence. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. This is not talking about your world around you. It's not talking about your job situation. It's not talking about that thing that is overwhelming. It's talking about you, you, your whole body is healthy. If your eye is set, good girl. And then there's the word, but I pray that this goes to the heart that needs this. It says, but when it is bad, hmm, the word it points us back to the light of your eyes. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. Hold on to that and don't bring in a condemnation that is not set for you. Don't bring in a judgment that is not set for you. Sometimes we want to cling to other people's convictions and glue them onto ourselves. Don't do that. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to do that unless the Holy Spirit is saying within you, pay attention to this next section. The Holy Spirit is saying that to you, then highly recommend pay attention to the Holy Spirit. 
But when it, when the light of your eye is bad, Christian, Jesus is talking to us. This is personal. But when the light of the eye is bad, your body, your, your you is full of darkness. It's a frightening statement. We hear darkness and we've talked about darkness in our study. And every time we hear darkness and talk about darkness, who do we think about? Think about Satan. We think about the world. We think about the news. We think about that person at work. We hear darkness. We hear evil. We hear wickedness. And we think of others. This passage is very intentionally spoken from Jesus to an individual. There were a lot of individuals thousands of individuals hearing this at the same time. And that has not changed over years. Thousands of us have heard the same passage, but it's intentional and individual to every one of us. It's a warning. It's a self-evaluation. We did a self-evaluation a couple weeks ago. I don't know what you did with it. I don't know how far it went. If you're still on that self-evaluation journey, self-evaluate. If your light of your eye and some of us may need to revisit last week's study. It's on podcasts, it's on video. If that light of your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. It's a powerful sentence. That's not saying that you have lost your salvation, friend. This is not saying you've lost your salvation. Did you hear that? This is not saying you have lost your salvation. This is saying your whole body is full of darkness. This is saying you are looking like the world. This is saying this is you are looking like the people that you judge. First Corinthians 11 is a powerful, powerful chapter. The second half of first Corinthians 11 is about Jesus. It's about his death on the cross. It's about communion. It's about do this in remembrance of me. First Corinthians 11 is beautiful. The very first part of first Corinthians 11, however, says statements like girls ought not to have short hair. Anybody ever heard that passage? Anybody ever not like hearing that passage? The first part of 1 Corinthians 11 causes a stir, so much so that sometimes we forget to get to the bottom half of 1 Corinthians 11. The receivers of that letter to the Corinthians was a city called Corinth. In the city of Corinth, they struggled with this issue of prostitution. A prostitute in the city of Corinth, do you know what she was known for looking like? No hair. Fascinating. So what Paul is saying to the receivers of Corinthians, the receivers, not you and me today in today's society, but the receivers of that letter of that day in that city with the issue of prostitution, he was saying, don't look like darkness. Does that free you from that judgment? Here I am as a teenage girl with my grandmother who was my spiritual, my everything. I've talked about my grandma before. My grandma was my everything. My grandmother had short hair, right? Not kind of normal. So I asked once upon a time, is it sin? Has my grandmother lost her glory because of her short hair? It's a solid question. The answer to that, according to the love of Jesus Christ, is absolutely not. God designed grandmothers. God has grown grandmothers. God has gifted grandmothers to us to look up to, to follow Titus. Titus beholds the beauty of a grandmother. 
God designed our bodies to do what our bodies do when we get older, our hair gets shorter. Fast forward to me being, let's say six, six years ago, I believe it was, I sat in a beauty chair and I looked at my girl, her name was Kayla at the time, and I said to her, let's cut my hair. And she was so excited. She was doing my hair for a handful of years. I'm like, let's cut my hair. Nine inches we cut that day. I, I have long hair. I've always had long hair, except for one time to break up with the boyfriend, a totally different story. <laughs> and ask me later. Totally chopped it. And it worked. The boy broke up with me. <laughs> because I lost my glory. Okay, full circle. So here I am sitting in this, this chair at the salon and hearing, because I got really thick hair, he hearing the scissors. <laughs> you know what was overwhelming my thoughts at the time? Am I going to lose my glory? I had prayed about this for months before cutting my hair. I had talked to my husband for months before cutting my hair. I was in a little bit of a um, testing as I sat there as an adult woman six years ago trying to figure out, am I going to lose my glory? When I pray, when I go home, is God going to hear me? When I open my Bible to study, is anything going to be different? These are the things that are going on in my head because I was raised with the teaching of, if you cut your hair, you're going to lose your glory. That is not what scripture is saying. It's saying don't look like darkness. That's what scripture is saying. Don't let what you are portraying, what you are doing, be the same image as the, the society that you live in. Separate yourself. Holy Spirit is in you. Holy Spirit is not in darkness. Don't look like darkness. Separate that. Does that make sense? I walked away with my short hair, and you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> and I learned a big lesson that day. It has nothing to do with my physical image. It has everything to do with my heart to God. And it was a huge lesson, a lesson that I knew I would have said that statement all the time. In fact, I was a Bible teacher with long hair. I said that sentence. Do you know I'm a Bible teacher now with short hair? <laughs> and I still say that same sentence. My walk with God has not changed. My marriage with my husband has not changed. My relationship with my son has not changed. The fact that my hair was long and now that my hair is short, the only thing that means is once upon a time my hair was long and now my hair is short. <laughs> you are the image of God. We've talked about that. Have you embraced that? Have you, have you grabbed that? As you are where you are, you are the image of God. You are the image of Jesus Christ, who is the light of this world. What Luke is pointing out in this parallel passage is stay that way. And it's going to be so different for each and every one of us. But you are the light of the world. Don't look like darkness. It's one or the other. You can't do both. So if your light of the eye remains the light of the eye and your whole body is good, well done. But if that light of your eye if my, let's just keep with my hair conversation. If my short hair starts turning an attitude in my heart, hmm, see that? And it starts becoming a pride moment or, oh, you told me not to do this Bible. I'm going to do it anyway. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Then for me, it would be darkness. It's so personal. It's so important that I know where I am as the image of God. And it's so important for you to know who you are as the image of God. And it's not about our convictions. It's not about our standards. It's not about our wishes or our desires to look the way we want to look. It's about you being the image of God. And if God says, this is the image I have for you, will you obey God? It's personal. So for me, short hair, not an issue. For other people, it may be an issue. It may be darkness for them. Does that make sense? It's such a silly topic of hair, but it's honest enough that Paul wrote a whole chapter about it. It's honest enough that it's caused a lot of women to walk away from God. It's a powerful topic. It causes a lot of stress and turmoil in ourselves and among the Christian community. What is right for you? That's the question. And it's not what is right for you according to you. That's not the question. What is right for you according to the light of your eyes with eternity in mind? Can what you see your image be eternally fruitful? If that answer is yes, your whole body is full of light. If that answer is no, sweet friend, you may need to reevaluate. And you're like, but this ministry that I'm doing, it's good. But how's your heart when you're doing it? If you're serving with a wrong heart, if you're doing a ministry with a wrong heart, sweet friend, God knows that. So you have two choices. Change your heart. Change your act. Isn't that crazy? The thought of a ministry being darkness is interesting. Sometimes pastors live in sin and they continue to preach the word of God. For them, preaching is darkness. Isn't that interesting? They need to either change their heart, get on their face and seek forgiveness from God. They need to hold on to the book of Joel and seek repentance and pray and fast and offer their worship back to God. Or they need to change their action and quit their job because it has become no more of a ministry, it's now become a job. Does that make sense? Even something good, even the light of our eye can be darkness if our heart is not right with God. Does that make sense? Scripture says, therefore, and therefore, and those of us that attend Eagle Christian Church are quoting our pastor in the back of our head, and I'm not gonna repeat it. Uh, so if you don't go to Eagle Christian Church, sorry. Therefore, be careful. These are good words. Therefore, you be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. Who is responsible for this action? Who's responsible for this? Anyone? You. You. You are responsible for the light of your eye. You are responsible for your light of your eye remaining the light of your eye with eternal fruit in mind. You are also responsible if the light of your eye becomes darkness. You're responsible for that. You cannot blame a pastor. You can't do that. You say, but his actions, but his words, well, then you put your spiritual growth on a person. That's not on him. That's on you. Does that make sense? You can't put it on your spouse. You can't put it on your friend. You can't put it on your child. You can't put it on anything. 
you, you, and I say you looking in a mirror, be careful about that light in your eye. Almost as if it is a breakable jewel and you hold it with such delicacy and such love and such protection because you know Satan wants the light of your eye. Oh, he wants the light of your eye so badly. And if he can just break in there just for a moment, he can steal that light in your eye. You be careful what you do with that light of your eye. If it becomes darkness, ah, you are responsible. And again, I say that looking in a mirror. We're responsible. Adam blamed Eve, didn't he? Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed God. You gave me this woman, God. <laughs> Fascinating. Here we are, and do we not still blame? Well, the light of my eye is dark because of, and we hand that jewel over real quick, like a four-year-old to his big sister, and it's like, it's her fault. <laughs> she did it. She told me to say it. She told me to do this. She told me to get tripped up. She tripped me up. You can word it however you want to word it, but we so easily pass the blame. We take that light of our eye and we hand it to somebody else and we say, it's her fault. It's his fault. It's that situation's fault. If life wasn't so hard, then I would remain the light of the eye. But life. And sometimes we pass the blame to Satan. My husband taught me this years ago. I would give... He says, you're giving credit to Satan when it's your flesh. Sometimes my husband is rude. <laughs> He's right. My flesh would be doing, I struggled with my thoughts, and I'd beat myself up, and I'd verbally say things about myself that would just were heartbreaking, the words that would come out of my mouth about me. And I would say, well, Satan, Satan, it's all Satan, it's all Satan. And my husband's like, no, it's not. Don't give credit to Satan. He's going to puff himself up about it anyway. He's going to take the credit if you give it to him. But it's not Satan, it's your flesh. This is all in you. You have to deal with that. Good to know. I'm going to go shopping. <laughs> be careful. And by be careful, be responsible. By be careful, own it, own it. And there's two options, and I highly recommend the first. No matter what the situation is, I highly recommend the first. First, change your heart, change your heart. Get on your knees, and I understand health sometimes doesn't let us get on our knees. And I know sometimes age won't let us get on our knees, but we can have the heart of on our knees. But if your body will allow you to get on your knees, I recommend so fully in the light of this passage, get on your knees, get your face on the ground before the throne and say, God, I am so sorry for what I have done with the light in my eyes. I am so sorry. I promise you, from personal experience, I promise you, you will be held. Your God loves you. Your God has called you the light of this world. Your God has called you his. He will hold you. He will meet you where you are. He will embrace every bit of you. And then he will help you stand. Change your heart change your heart.
or change your action. That one will come with consequence. Because sometimes, that light, always, that light of the eye, God has given to you. There's a verse, and I wish I had the reference. I don't have the reference. But there's a verse in Psalm um, that says that God gives us the desires of our hearts. God gives you the desire in your heart. It's a gift from God. That light of your eye is a gift from God in you. It's not that you say, oh, I have a desire for this, and God's going to give me that desire that I want. It's saying that God is giving you that desire that is in you. That's a gift from God. He wants you to have that light in your eye. He wants you to love that silly little stiletto. He wants you to love that heart relationship that overwhelms you. He wants you to have that light in the eye. He also wants you to be responsible for it and not let it become darkness. Does that make sense? If we want to continue talking about the silly little stiletto, which I know my husband is like, no, don't talk about shoes again. <laughs> I won't tell you what he said after listening to the, the intro from last week. I will tell you. He's like, baby, that was brutal. <laughs> Says a man listening to stiletto talk. It's because you're a dude. If that, if that shoe becomes sin for me, then it's darkness. I need to change my heart and continue wearing shoes. It's the better option. Or get rid of all my stilettos because it's causing sin in my life. Those are my options. What option do I want? I think changing my heart. Fill in the blank with your light of the eye. If that light of the eye, that thing that's in your heart right now, causes you to sin, bringing darkness within you, you have two choices. Change your heart and complete, con continue loving that light in your eye. Change your heart or get rid of it. And for some of us, we're thinking of a, um, perhaps a marriage. Getting rid of that is going to have consequence. That's a whole different topic of conversation. But I feel like I needed to say that for the heart that needs it. Not everybody needs that. Be careful. Be careful. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. If then, Luke says, if then your whole body is full of light. Hold on to this. I love how he says something wonderful and then a powerful warning. And then he concludes with this. If then your whole body is full of light, if then this is a true sentence, and if it's a true sentence, say your true sentence. And it's not pride. It's the truth. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part of dark, it will be, it will be holy bright. That is who you are. And then he gives us a visual. You will be holy bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Who gets light from this? Did you see that? Look at that end. I'm just seeing this as we're reading this right now. If then you, this is very intentional, very intentional for you as an individual. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part of dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Your light is going to affect you. How sweet is Jesus? How sweet is he? He does not ever stop. He's saying, I want you to be the light because I want your light to impact you. 
that, is, that gives me chills. That overwhelms me just a little bit. That's how much he wants us to be the light of the world. He wants you to be the light of the world for you. It's not about putting on a display. It's not about anything. It's about you. And when we can wrap our heads around that, then God says, I've got this. And the Holy Spirit starts shining on others. But that's the Holy Spirit doing the work. Jesus is saying, this is about you. Permission to be selfish. Oh, oh, that we get on our knees this week. Heavenly Father, Lord, my heart falls before you today. I pray for every one of my girlfriends that are right next to me with their hearts on their knees before your throne. Father God, I pray this for those of us that are in this room right now and for those of us that are listening at the right time and in the right season when you bring this, this study to the girl in her time, in her season. I pray that you will unite our prayers together before your throne. Oh, how our heart is raw before you. We thank you, Father God, for giving us a desire in our hearts. We thank you for the light in our eyes. And we ask you, we ask you for focus and strength or whatever it is that word that our heart is asking you for, that we may protect and be so careful with the light of the eye. Help us, Father God, to treasure it, to treasure it above all things so that eternal fruit can benefit us how much you want us to be so close to you. Do you want us to be so in love with you because you are so in love with us? What a gift. Lord, I have no words. I sit in awe. And in awe, I say thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.